0: A Mitch and Jeremy exclusive. Are you ready? (laughs) On air. Online. On your smart speaker and wherever you stream. The
1: Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. The
0: Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show.
1: Available wherever you stream.
0: Catch up on past interviews and episodes. On demand now.
1: Subscribe so you don't miss any of it. Brand new record set for release on April 29th. It's called Fierce Bliss. You can pre-order it now wherever you get your music. Also, the brand new single and music video for Greed out now. And I got to compliment you on the album art for this record because it's really damn cool. Uh, We're going to talk all about that. Um, Welcome to the show, of course. The one, the only, Ann Wilson. Hello. Thank
2: you. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, this is really exciting. Mitch is very excited. He's uh, shaking. Well, his I, I will right because now. here
0: I'll, I'll just start with this real, because I'm the older one here. Uh, one of your songs, or one of the songs that you sang on back in the day, "Surrender to Me" with Robin Zander, written by Richard Marks, just absolutely one of the greatest vocals you'll ever hear. The combination of Robin Zander and Anne Wilson—it's like the epitome of the best female singer with the epitome of the best male singer combined. I mean, come on, what Agreed were you doing to Robin? Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and you as well. Um, just uh, any quick memories of that, and then we'll get straight to the new album?
2: Oh, just that, just that Robin and I were friends for a long time. And uh, I, I couldn't imagine um, singing with anybody cooler than that, you know? I yeah. mean, he's just great. And um, one of the best singers, I think, who sings rock. Still, he can sing all kinds of things. He can sing operetta, you know. I mean, he's he's amazing.
0: He is. Uh, Jeremy, get to the get to the new
1: album. Well, look, let's I want to talk about this brand new record because obviously. In 2022, not many people are making good rock and roll music and Ann Wilson just comes out with this record and it's just like, well, okay, we got some good rock and roll in 2022, Uh, especially with the new single. Uh, You're touching on all kinds of, it's almost like social commentary and the lyric lyric wise. Um, Talk about the single a little bit and uh, we'll dive a little bit more into the record too.
2: Yeah, um, the single Greed, um, I think is a strong social commentary because it's not only personal to us each but it's running rampant in our culture mm-hmm. and um uh, especially at the moment the war that's going on and just wanting more and more and more the insane gas prices on others <laughs> um yeah it's a very greedy thing and uh it's one of the, the seven deadly sins for a reason <laughs>
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So um, Writing this new stuff, I mean, how would you compare it compared to, you know, the the uh, the old school recordings? I mean, is it still the same creative process for you trying to get into the studio and come up with some cool yeah, stuff? Yeah, well, each
2: song is different, of course, but yeah. um, it's pretty much just the way I like to do things. You know, I like to start with the words and then make a song with a musician and then go in and work it out. It's uh, the the songs don't necessarily arrive in the studio fully finished. Mm -hmm. They get finished in the studio and I welcome other people's ideas for parts and everything, you know, has the writing process changed over the years? Uh, Yeah, I think it's, I'm doing much more writing by myself now. Mm -hmm. I've always written with songwriting partners and uh, I still do so. But some of these songs are just me writing solo now, which is new.
1: Mm-hmm. How does that affect your writing? I mean, going in and having a collaborator. Of course, it's really nice to have other people's ideas to contribute. But when it's just you, I mean, do you get self-conscious? Like, oh, is this good enough? Or,
2: Oh, of course, yeah. You know, everybody feels that their um, ideas are going to be judged. So at the outset of a songwriting session with someone else, you generally say, Okay, we're going to leave our critics at the door. You know, nobody's going <laughs> to judge anybody else. We're not going to make anybody else feel stupid if they brainstorm, you know.
1: Yeah. Has that ever happened in us in a writing process like somebody's like, "Oh, and that that just sucks.
2: That is so stupid." Not really, but you think that they're going to, you know. Yeah. I think we're all like school children deep inside who are in class and who are scared to raise our hand, you know.
1: Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting to talk to songwriters about that because you know they'll say, "Listen, every song that I write, it's almost like a child of mine, and I, I don't want one of my children judged." But then equally, right. it's the same thing for the collaborator too. I mean, and if you can't find that sure. groove, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: it could get yeah, awkward. There's all yeah. kinds
2: of things that can that can be um, obstructions about the songwriting process.
0: Yeah, we're um, we're up in Montreal. So I just want to quickly ask you about the Canadian perspective with with you and with heart uh, You know, you've worked with Jim Valance and others you moved up to Vancouver back in the early days and I see it all the time in the media and from fans going heart was a great Canadian band and you're like Well, they're actually not from Canada. Um, just quickly talk to me about moving up to Vancouver and what Canada has meant to you and 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 to the band but also just but mostly just to you personally and and what we've brought to you right well if it weren't for
2: Canada um, and the support that we got in Canada the open mind we got from Canada heart would not be where it is Um, and you've got to remember that I'm from Seattle which is only like, you know, an hour and a half drive from, from, from Vancouver right up the block. I mean, it's kind of regional, you know, it's, it's, it's more like the border is a dotted line and we moved freely across that line all the time. But I did live in Canada for nearly eight years as a landed immigrant. And um, it, it's what a beautiful place to be, (laughs) you know, just uh, the people are great. The, uh, there's so much creativity going up on there on a high level so many so many iconic artists are from canada like joni mitchell and neil young and you start naming them and it's it's just there's so many that had to come down to the states to get their you know international notoriety but right they're all from you know vancouver toronto winnipeg yeah it's oh. it's a marvelous place to live
0: and be from it really is um let me just quickly take uh take up on that for for one second you you talk about on the new album where or you you used to work with a lot of different songwriters um in terms of working with jim valance and holly knight and bernie tompin Talk to me about working with them and not having just been you and Nancy back in the day writing the songs. And, and why was there a need to bring in songwriters? Were you just looking for different perspective? Was it the record company saying, hey, you need to write a single and and we need to bring in some heavyweights? Um, where did this sort of collaboration of writing come from?
2: Uh, there was a certain amount of the record label's influence there because... Um, it was the 80s suddenly and things were changing fast. And mm-hmm. um we wanted to well, we had just signed with Capitol Records and they they had they really believed in us, but they really believed that we should update our song, our songs. So that's yeah. why they they we agreed to listen to a big pile of demos, you know, we got this big bunch of demos from all different kinds of people and a few of them were really great like these dreams and um what about love and alone and uh you know uh well lisa del bello submitted wait for an answer and black on black and
0: uh, yeah. <clears throat> just lisa's just great by the house.
2: way i actually yeah, spoke to lisa
0: yeah. about a week ago she she's great she of course did that song for queens right um, uh, gonna get uh, close to you so she's a oh, that's
2: great. I'm glad she's still going yeah. i haven't heard from her in a while
0: she's still going and very active on on the twitter so you can you can send her a message and, and keep talking to her she's great yeah lovely so. Lisa.
2: <laughs> oh i love that person she is so cool we uh we hung out a lot and um
0: both yeah.
2: uh like in the professional sphere and just
1: hanging out, you know, so. Yeah. And, was, and the was, was the record label like, okay, you need to get away from the organic or sort of 70s rock of, you know, Barracuda and you need to get a little bit more cannonball snare, be a little bit more poppy. It was, it was the record yeah. label kind of pushing you that way.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And it was more like, uh, well, Nancy, my sister was being told, well, you know, acoustic guitars are just out and right. they're just so unhip and that's her yeah. main instrument. Right. right. So, so, it was uncomfortable at times because we we believe in what we do and we're true to ourselves and all that. So some of that was sort of Faustian to us because we did, we tried what they were suggesting and we had number one album, number one hits, you know. Right. So it makes
1: you sigh and go, oh, God, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and as a guitar player, I mean, for, for your sister, I mean, like, I'm sure it was like, you know, you need to get away from the Les Paul and the Big Marshall. You need to go Strat and a Rockman. You need that Mutt Lang guitar sound. You need yeah. to update you yeah, a little a, bit. A whole bunch of
2: keyboards and a whole bunch of effects and gloss and all, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and so. you know, that album came out in 85, which was the year I graduated high school. You could not escape heart on the radio, on much music. It, it was just everywhere and it was slick and the videos were gorgeous mm-hmm. so you know <laughs> I guess you it worked do? out in the end <laughs> it did yeah it worked a little bit uh go
1: ahead I was going to say, and talking about Mutt Lang really quickly, one of my favorite songs from you guys is, of course, the Mutt Lang song that you apparently hate till the frickin' cows come home because of the the lyrical content. Now, is is that true? I mean, tell the story a little bit about that song and how Mutt came in to, you know, pitch you guys that song and uh, All I Want to Do is Make Love to You. I mean, it's a song that you guys have never performed live. You've sort of expressed your disdain for it in in the past, but I'm kind of curious, what is the story about how that song came about and getting Mutt to write a song for you and everything? Because I'm a huge Mutt Lang fan and I love hearing Mutt Lang stories.
2: Right, right. And I have no quarrel with Mutt Lang either. I think he's a really talented guy when it comes to writing pop songs and hits and stuff. I mean, he he knows the formula and um, he's good at it. The problem that I had, well, and to be honest, we did do that song for years. I mean, we played yeah. that song in our set forever. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. And finally, I just got done with it because it's just you have to understand that that song was initially written for a man to sing. And mm. as we flipped the gender around so that I could sing it convincingly. And, um, and as a woman who struggles against the objectification of women in society. I found that that song with with the gender flipped totally objectified men. And I just didn't like the feeling of being an objectifier. It it was like really cold and hard. And to me, it wasn't sexy and it wasn't funny. It was just gross. (laughs) But that's nothing against Mutt. He didn't write the song for a woman. So...
1: Right. Hmm. So, out of all the songs
0: that you could have potentially gotten from Mud, why did you guys pick that one?
2: Because it has a great sing along chorus.
0: Right. <laughs> Which is what you're looking for in a song. Um, on the radio. Talk to me yeah. quickly back uh, with the solo album. You have a tour coming up. Is, is this going to be just sort of a limited run, and then you, you make another album, or you just get off the road, or do you hope to to have sort of a two year album cycle on this one?
2: Well, we'll have to see if people like the. The record because um, right. I'm not going to ram it down their throats if, on stage if they hate it <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no we intend to go ahead and and tour with it in the states come up to Canada go to Europe go to Japan with it and uh, that will take a year but I'm already writing for another album so uh, yeah you know I this is what I do and uh, I just plan to keep on doing it right as best I can
0: is is right so are you more comfortable now being a solo artist or do you sort of think to yourself you know what I got to get back to the brand I got to get back to to heart or is this where you want to go for the rest of the career I just want to be Ann Wilson solo artist
2: well you know I don't think of it that way I just think of the music I think of the songs and if the songs that I'm writing now would work best in Heart with Nancy playing, then that's where they'll go. Right. Um, to me, it's, it's just, it's like a family affair. And if she wants to go out and do her thing with her songs, that's great. And I can do it, and then we come back together and we share what we've brought. Um, and yeah, next year is the 50th anniversary of Heart, really, getting wow. together in Vancouver. So we have a lot of stuff planned for that year heart
0: right. how difficult was it for heart because now we're talking 50 years how was how difficult was it for you to get going back in the day because it was a very male dominated field were right. you shut down all the time going that's it, just two girls Ugh, come on or you know, yeah
2: well yeah it was a lot like that um it's hard to realize in today's world how Uh, novel it was to be a woman Mm -hmm. in a rock band back in 1973 you know or 74 or something just and that was before Nancy joined the band so I was just like the sole woman in art and Mm -hmm. um, uh, I was treated politely for the most part but still considered a novelty And at the beginning, I only sang the ballads, the the soft, pretty stuff. And then
0: the the guys would sing
2: the rockers. But then we started to do Zeppelin songs and Deep Purple songs and stuff like that. And nobody, none of the men could sing up in that register. So it fell to me. And that's how we kind of broke through that barrier, how I broke through the barrier of being a woman singer to being a rock singer, you know.
0: What was the, uh, the the pressures on you in terms of sexuality? Because I've been going through a whole bunch of billboard magazines recently from the 70s and 80s and uh-huh. every single female is either in short shorts or in lace or in bras or in, and, and the men are just you know manly and stuff dressed like dudes. Yep. Yeah yeah I mean at the, and I'm looking at it from my 2022 perspective going, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean it's completely ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like every single female is in her bra, and I'm like, well, what the hell is this? What, what was Billboard? I mean, it wasn't Billboard, obviously, but um, has has that changed? And, and do you feel that you and Hart were part of that change, where you just said enough already? We're singers, we're not objects. Yeah.
2: Well, that's always been the fight, right? That's that's always been the struggle, right? And uh, just to gain credibility to get credibility as women you have to deserve it you have to ask for it and be it you know you have to be credible you uh and i really get what you're saying about the the little short shorts and the every ad
0: every ad is is somebody somebody some girl stuck in short shorts and here's my new album and you're like Right. <laughs> well, what does this have to do with the album? Right. Well, in fact, can not- I, I want to ask you something that might be touching, and it's meant with utmost respect, but you struggled with your weight, and you were fat-shamed, which mm-hmm. I thought was disgusting. You should not have been. But yeah. how hard was that on you? Because Jeremy also had the gastric. Um, oh jeez, uh, I,
1: I went for the sleeve. I went for the, the the lap band. I almost died. And the only reason I got it was because I was fat and I looked terrible in my radio photos, and everybody would always make right. fun Right, and well, me.
0: you were you were sort of fat shamed as well. And and yeah. how far have we come come in the industry from those days? Because I remember the videos where they tried to change the angles and they would crop stuff to me. Ma- Why couldn't you just say? Here's Anne. She's a beautiful woman, and you still are, yeah. and that's it. And and how much have you helped in fighting that?
2: Well, that's that's a really good question. Um, I think that 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 on the surface, uh, fat shaming is been called out. And, yes, uh, it
0: has been. Totally
2: it, took a while. Yeah, it took a while, but I don't believe that the problem is solved by a long stretch. Okay. I think that, that uh, it's one way on TikTok and, you know, Instagram and stuff about that. But then you get into the celebrity world, and they're still fat-shaming people in horrible ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's come along, but it's not all the way there yet. Right. But I and- think it's good that it's been called out into the open, and it's just like, hey, come on, you know. But, but that we took are- an
0: incredible toll on your, on your mental being.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was really hurtful and hard and uh, uh, it's just just I can't describe how much it undermined my confidence for a while. Mm -hmm. And so then um, when the touring of the 80s was done, when the 90s happened, it was a good time to go home and regroup and and do some therapy and <laughs> well, you know, come sort of take care well, of let me ask yourself. you about the
0: therapy. C- can you talk about it now? Or am I making you feel uncomfortable and bringing back horrible memories? Or have you sort of said, no, I'm at peace with this now?
2: Yeah, I'm at peace with it now.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I, 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 of course, mean no disrespect. Yeah. So,
2: Oh, no, no. It's okay to talk about, really. Okay, it's, good.
0: Yeah,
2: It's not like an elephant in the room, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, but, um but I see these articles about other young women who are going through that now, and I just feel for them so much.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, well, I mean, look, our co say- here, Jeremy, was 400 pounds, and the radio station looked at his pictures and said, this can't happen. Or, you know, they didn't say yeah. like that, but well, it was they sort of didn't say like directly like that. No, but they like, said, uh, man, we need better pictures, basically.
1: <laughs> but it wasn't only that, it was really kind of like the social pressure. I mean, you know, I, I was 17 getting into radio and, you know, you see everybody that I was working with and it was at the, it was just when Instagram was starting to take off and all these things and you sort of had to have this image. But then it's like, not only that, it's it's the fact that, you know, I felt the pressure to have to, you know, go for the lap band surgery and I almost died from having the lap band. I had to get it removed and then I went for the, I went for a gastric sleeve and that completely changed and saved my life. Um, But then Mm -hmm. I look at other girls that are, you know, just from my village alone and, you know, they're constantly embedded, uh, bombarded with, hey, come to CrossFit. Oh, this and do that. And like, it's still in society where you're still kind of pressured to, oh, be the best you that you can be. And it's like, what if I already am the best me that I feel like I am? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you hit the nail on the head because it's somebody else's vision of what you should be. It's not yours. Yeah. I think that. It's growing um, more equal, though, because there are enough people now that are standing up and saying, you know, I don't care what you think. I feel good. You know, I'm good. Yeah. That uh, the pressure to alter yourself for somebody else's to somebody else's idea is becoming way, way less popular and less powerful.
1: Yeah. Or to mold yourself for somebody else's pleasure. I mean, it's like... Can't right, just be me right, or, to, me?
2: or to fit into this small little little box of what's acceptable for you mm-hmm. to look like. Um, I always think of that old movie with Marilyn Monroe. I think it's called Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, where she's on a sh- ship
0: mm-hmm.
2: and she's trying to climb out a porthole. And she gets stuck because her hips are too big. She gets stuck in the middle of the porthole <laughs> and she can't get in. She can't get out. That's how I used to feel. Right. I used no. to feel like, God, you know, like I'm trying to just do music, but these people won't let me just flow freely. they have to just come at me and stop me from my progress because of my body, you know,
0: yeah, and yeah, which is ridiculous you, like you hear your instrument and you just go, What else do you need? Listen to that voice, yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah
2: and it, it's it's just the the criteria for female well and male too for for beauty has changed so much now i'm so glad yeah i mean you like you look at the big fashion magazines which are the worst because the the high fashion industry the couture industry is so elitist and just so you
1: know (laughs) well i always go back to that movie mean girls even they're
2: starting to show real uh, realistic looking women
1: now Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I always go back to that movie Mean Girls where Regina George is trying to get A dress and like uh, she, she gained like A little bit of weight and the girl working at the store is like Yeah we don't fit your we don't have your size Maybe you should try Sears
2: Yeah
0: <laughs> anyway. tried
2: big and tall yeah. Big yeah. and tall
0: yeah anyway, all I can say is uh you're back you've got a, a great new solo album the uh, first single greed which is on uh, YouTube just sounds smashing it's it's brilliant Thank you. yeah and uh, um, fierce bliss set for release on
1: april 29th you can pre-order now wherever you get your music you got fantastic art on this I was gonna ask you are you doing like the double LP gatefold vinyl the full package or is it gonna be CD are we going physical or just digital
2: I believe it's a gatefold uh yeah we are going to vinyl and we're doing all the the formats. And the album cover, the vinyl album cover by um, Roger Dean, all right. I, I do believe that it opens up into a gatefold and there's a bunch of stuff inside that you can check out while you're listening, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Because that's
2: that's it's, that's the cool thing.
1: <laughs> it's awesome because for the longest time, I mean, everything was, oh, iTunes store, this digital. This, but now, like, especially through the pandemic, people are so, like... People are back into the opening up the vinyl, putting on the record, listening, reading the liner notes, looking at the the whole package. It's the experience again.
2: Yeah. And I think that maybe because we were all in lockdown for a while, we were uh, at home in quarantine and we had time to think, you know, we kind of stopped a little bit. Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: So, yeah, I hope that people really enjoy that album art because it, it was really a thrill to work with Roger Dean and yeah. um
1: great art i've always
2: loved his his stuff you know
1: yeah it looks great i love the bird and the water it's just it's just very yeah. it's just that's nice That's his style that's
0: his style he's yeah. he's he's great at what he does there we go uh always well, a pleasure and um well thank you look.
2: well thank there you, you. yeah
1: i was gonna say a couple of bunch of tour days kicking off in may catch from san francisco napa california la for a couple of dates nashville tampa um and i guess at some point you'll announce a bunch more tour dates as well you know you said you said you want to get on the road and do this record and see how people react to it so uh, can we expect some canadian dates at some point maybe come back up to montreal
2: yes we're we're uh, actually gonna be up there in may
0: yeah, excellent. Uh, well, we'll uh, we'll take you to supper. Yeah, <laughs> our treat.
1: Right. Okay. Great. Well, thank you. <laughs> We're in. We're on. That'll be awesome. Uh, go. Fierce Bliss, cool. going pre-order right now. Make sure you get it and the vinyl and all that stuff. It's going to be great. And of course, check out the. You got some incredible uh, musicians. I mean, we didn't even get to talk about uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. I mean, you got Vince Gill on this record too. I mean, uh, just so mm-hmm. many incredible musicians on here. So Tom
2: Bukovac. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Warren it's, Haynes. Yeah. Warren Haynes, man. I mean, talk about a musician, uh, just a yeah. producer, too. I mean, yeah. You, you produced the track with him, right? The uh, Angels Blues, Gladiator, too?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we wrote that, too. He uh, uh, Warren wanted to do a, a song that was like a big epic that with all these parts that went on and on and on, kind of like the Zeppelin Rain song or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so he sent me his version of that, which became Gladiator. And it was, it was great.
1: So, so a, a collaboration like that, I mean, like, you know, back in the day, you'd go in the studio and the band would be on the floor and everything. But now, is it is sort of like just you get a session in the Pro Tools and they go, oh, I'll add my vocal here. Like, what's the, what's the difference in the recording process?
2: Well, I've never really had much success with sending files around to various musicians and having <laughs> everybody add their part. Yeah. You know, like... I've never had much luck with that because what you get is just this mountain of stuff and you have to plow through it and figure out what works and what doesn't. And what you don't have is you don't have the spark that's right. there when you're all in the same room. you know. So first uh, Bliss was recorded all in the same room. Even during the pandemic, we were all masked and all that kind of stuff. But we were wow. together looking at each other's eyes. So... so uh, it reflects that I think there's a real fire in the belly of this record.
1: And it gives it the, uh, just a different vibe, right? I mean, it's different if the drummer's at yeah. home, does his track, and then sends it off. Like, there's something about that magic being on the floor together, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk yeah, about yeah.
1: Vince Gill being on this record, too. I mean, just an absolute legend. I mean, it's like a legend meets legend uh, in reality.
2: Yeah, well, he's, he's always been one of my favorite male singers top five and um when we when i was going to do the duet for uh, love of my life the queen song mm. i wanted to sing the duet with a man and um the man couldn't be like a tom waits gruff voiced person it had to be an angel to me so <laughs> there was only one choice right and it was vince and he generously agreed to do it just drove down from nashville to muscle shoals where we were one night just by himself in his parka uh, and came in and sang.
1: <laughs> no crew and, uh, with him no like bodyguards just, like just just,
2: just all killed. by himself in the car you know and uh we did the thing and then he got back in his car and drove back home to Amy you know
1: wow it was
2: just just the coolest thing
1: how does that conversation right? go you Come up hey Vince uh, you want to do some queen with me or
2: <laughs> well uh yeah I just I was emailing and texting with him and Said, I have this idea. Would you be open to it? And he, he went away and he thought about it and then he, he came back and went, Yeah, I guess so. You know. He's so <laughs> he's so sweet.
1: And Yeah. I mean it could have been a could have been like, What are you talking about? Why why would I wanna sing some queen? <laughs>
2: Yeah, talk to my manager. You know?
1: <laughs> right. It must be nice. I mean, you're also Ann Wilson. I mean, you call up somebody to do a song. I don't think you're going to get the, uh, yeah, talk to my talk to my management uh, reaction.
2: Yeah, well, you'd be surprised at how many times I've reached out to people to sing duets, and they're too busy, you know, always really? too busy. Yeah, like on the song Almost Paradise, on the song Ring Them Bells, on the Desire Walks On album for Heart, I called everybody. Uh, from, well, the people that were big back then,
0: mm-hmm. like
2: uh, Plant and the uh, Lou Did, you call and Did you call Mike Reno? Paul Rogers. And, no, Mom, Mike Reno was was who the record company chose. And it worked out great. But um, yeah, just like people don't always jump at the chance.
1: Yeah. Brian Adams, yeah. should have called Brian Adams. That would have been a cool collab. Yeah. Yeah. How you go. Well, look, uh, this is great. We're running out of time, but uh, this was an absolute pleasure to talk to you, man. We covered all kinds of different subjects. Wasn't expecting to go yeah. down, but man, this is super fun. Uh, brand new yeah, record right. coming out, Fierce Bliss, April 29th. You can pre order now. Get your music. Go and uh, buy the physical copy because she won't be able to sign your Spotify when you see her at a concert. That is true. That's right. Can't That's- sign an MP3. Yeah. All right. And this is so great to meet you, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah.
2: Okay. Thank you, so thank you for having me. Thanks for talking. Okay. Okay. Bye. An all new
0: episode of the Mitch Lafon and Jeremy White Show. Tuesday at noon. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews, bonus content, and episodes on demand now. Visit youtube.com slash Jeremy White Show. Follow Mitch and Jeremy on Twitter. Yeah, they're verified. At Mitch Lafon and at Jeremy
1: White MTL.